Hello and welcome to another episode of What Drives You Cuckoo. I'm your host Cuckoo and in about a week I will be completing 5 years in journalism. I could barely believe it myself. 5 long years and I don't even know where time has gone. It's been a mad run, some great times, some horrific ones. but mostly i feel like i've spent these 5 years scurrying to meet deadlines since no one else is going to pay me a tribute i thought i would do it for myself considering it's a 5 year anniversary i think it deserves some credit so i'm going to be celebrating with you by sharing some interesting stories and memorable instances from this journey so before i continue get yourself something to drink and something to eat and munch on maybe while i relay some instances from my past and you can uh, listen and laugh along maybe so a lot of people tend to ask me why i got into journalism or what prompted me to get into journalism and i do tell a few of them this amazing quote that i came across which is a journalist is a person who is mistaken their calling i think that's very true i really there are days where i wonder what made me choose this profession and then there are other days where i feel like okay fine you know it's not so bad i'm not so terrible after all i can do this and maybe it was truly my calling but anyone who is a journalist will tell you there are days where you really feel like did i over like overestimate my abilities or did i get this all wrong completely i don't know maybe there are some phenomenal journalists who are like oh i was born to do this maybe i haven't reached that point in 5 years when i'm like oh i'm i was totally born to do this i feel like i'm an okay journalist i'm yet to be great so if i ever do become great maybe my answer will be different but Yeah for now I feel like there are good days and there are a lot of bad days as well so yeah but uh, I think most of the times you know uh, a lot of people go back to how they were as kids and tell you some story from then about how you know an artist will tell you they were good at drawing and stuff like that for me i always enjoyed writing and through school and even after school it was something that i kept up and you know when i finished my ba i thought i should just do it because i i actually did a really short elective in college which was a journalistic writing elective and i thoroughly enjoyed it and i feel like that was when i said okay i am going to pursue this professionally uh, or rather give it a shot professionally but uh, the funny thing was that while growing up you know you idolize people and ever since i was a child i from what i can remember i always wanted to to do journalism and luckily we had a lot of prime time uh, television idols who we could look up to and i say this with utmost sincerity i feel like if i was uh, looking out for if i was a child in today's day and age and i had to look at prime time television i would not find too many idols and that's putting it mildly i think we grew up in an era where television journalism was at its best and its peak as well so it was easier at that point to look up to certain journalists and say oh i aspire to be them 
now to i feel bad for anyone who's wanting to be a journalist and has to look at prime time television as as a, like a parameter for what journalism is like it's kind of sad but uh, there's also this embarrassing story for i don't even know if i should open my mouth and say it because i don't think anyone knows this but um, my grandmother has always been this huge influence in my life and some of my best and worst habits come from her so for instance she's someone who likes coca cola not pepsi yeah please we're all coke fans in the reeki household if you tell me coke and pepsi taste the same no slap only you'll get that's not true at all coke and pepsi taste very different and now i'm sure you'll be like ah if i give you coke and pepsi in a glass you won't be able to tell the difference no i can try me i really can but yeah so like i was saying till date i would say a cold coke with lots of ice on a sunny day is just oof like mashallah really it's amazing and right now the weather in chennai is so horrible i am really craving coke but then you know that image of those 12 teaspoons of sugar comes in my head and i say okay maybe i shouldn't but anyway like i was saying just like she has passed on this unhealthy trait to me where i love coke as much as her she also got me into this habit of watching hindi serials okay so i have always watched hindi serials my mom was never into serials as much much later in her life she started watching shows and all that but she was never into kyuki saas bhi kabhi bahu thi or any of the saas bahu shows that were a huge thing when i was growing up but my grandmom and i used to watch everything together and that's why i feel like i'm a real old soul at heart because i used to love watching saas bahu shows they were so much fun and i used to find it so entertaining like you know the villain and komolika and prerna and all of them they were just such memorable characters and i just loved watching them fight it was so entertaining but i'm deviating from what i was supposed to say there was this other show which she used to watch okay apart from the sas bahu drama doctor drama college romances she used to watch everything and i used to watch with her but there was this one show that she started watching on i think it was sahara one maybe imagine the channel only is like not there anymore but she used to watch this show called kittu sab janti hai yeah i know it's the name only is sounding suspect the show was also equally suspect but the thing was that this uh, character was this journalist and she I can't remember the show entirely so please forgive me for being a little hazy in my recollection of what the show was about but it was the usual you know she is a journalist and she is like someone who is very passionate about uh, bringing the truth out and holding truth to power and all of that all those lovely idealistic things that we all think we're going to do when we become journalists and uh, she fell in love with this guy who i can't remember what he was okay he was a bit of a lallu but he was cute like he was really quite useless but he was cute so i didn't mind it and i used to think okay fine he's cute i'll watch it and this was when i was quite young okay so it was different it was a whole different story i didn't mind lallus also but uh, yeah so 
it was a great show in the sense that i used to really look forward to it and i love that character kittu i know i'm sounding crazy kuku kittu all sorts of bizarre names but it was a great show and in a very large way impacted my life and decision to become a journalist i think so i think this explains that quote about how you know journalists are just people who got their calling wrong i think i'm part of that category because if my reasoning for choosing that is this show then we have a problem but yeah just to sound intellectual when i tell other people i say oh i i love writing you know i've always loved writing and i really looked up to certain journalists and that's why i got into this profession and all deep inside it's this kid too but jokes apart when you look back at certain instances in your life you feel like those could have been turning points that made you maybe even subconsciously choose to do a certain thing in your life or go a certain way in your life and when it comes to my leaning towards this profession i feel when i was sitting down to think about what i could talk about for this episode i suddenly remembered this instance from years ago when i was in school when we had these danish students who had come to our school on an exchange program and you know there was one particular visit where they had to visit this very popular spiritual institution and the two people who were sent as chaperones with them so it was this bunch of danish students their two teachers and me and my friend going as chaperones and we ended up in this uh, conference room of sorts and we were sitting there and waiting for him to kind of give his speech where he was talking about you know indian culture and history and the greatness of it and all which is all fine no problems at all rich culture rich history that's all fabulous i was all for it so we sat and i love history so it was like sitting through a history class or so i thought and he started speaking and it was fine it started off all right but he went on and then suddenly started saying some really uncomfortable things okay and by uncomfortable i mean it was uncomfortable for me because i just felt like he was whitewashing a lot of stuff and by that i mean i felt like he was not giving the danish students a full picture and these were students who had come to india and were surprised we could even talk english most of them were so their understanding of india was very limited and you go and shove them with information that isn't even correct so essentially you're just giving them misinformation and i really was getting irritated and it was just me and my friend who were in the room and it was he had one sidekick also who was standing there one young guy one puny fellow i remember his face also stupid fellow he didn't say anything with every passing minute i felt like he was adding more like whitewashing to the whole thing and it's kind of like what you would call the old equivalent of what we see a lot today where if you ask anyone anything about the shortcomings that we face in our daily lives in india 
their whole thing is why are you focusing on the negative why don't you look at what a great culture we have what a great history we have and look science i mean ai was in the vedas that's not the answer anyone is looking for and he was basically trying to project an india that is as splendid as the world karan johar creates in all his films if you stay in india you know those mansions aren't real they don't exist i mean they exist but they don't exist in daily life in our in our worlds you know so that was what i felt was a little a bit of a mismatch so when that puny fellow asked like you know or oh, any questions i asked him i asked him how he could say the stuff he said uh, when there's enough evidence to prove otherwise brushed it aside and got very defensive and he was like you are factually incorrect and you should get your facts right and all which is daily prime time debate okay and i got even more irritated because i knew my facts were right see here's the thing okay when my facts are wrong i can admit it when my facts i know are right i get even more annoyed but i was livid and then that puny fellow started getting really really scared i don't know if you heard that but that was some lizard clicking it's done outside i don't know but anyway he started getting damn like he had ants in his pants i think which is why he was like oh you know it's time to leave it's time to leave and all so i went to school and i was livid like you think angry birds is bad i was like an angry dragon i wanted to spit fire on anyone who passed my way and i happened to bump into my english teacher and history teacher and i was like do you think i was wrong do you think what i said was factually incorrect and they were both like no 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 you're right you're right it's fine it's fine calm down calm down and then they shoved this water bottle in my hand which was a savior by the way it always is i don't know somehow cold water just makes life better so i drank it and i calmed down a little bit but i never met that man again thankfully and i remember coming home and my mom got really scared because she was like oh my god like what is this you're asking swami's questions and all of that so to this day if i write something even slightly you know risky she gets very worried because she's like this streak of yours no it comes out at all the most inopportune times which is true i do have this streak where i feel like if someone says something wrong i don't know why i just feel like it is my duty to tell them that you're wrong you haven't said something which is right and you should set it right so yeah i think that's what kind of made me become a journalist this real you know seething rage to kind of set the world right which i mean doesn't always happen you realize very early on when you start off in journalism that it's not like in the movies it's not like in kittu sab janti hai basically but yes the moral of the story is i do not believe in any spiritual gurus except for one and that's garfield because i feel he has all his priorities right it's eat sleep and a strict no work policy majani life best life so if you ask me would you uh, like worship it is garfield that is my only one and only spiritual guru in life but yeah speaking of this you know funny connection between politicians and spiritual gurus is that they both command the kind of fanfare which is crazy especially in in tamil nadu you know this uh, 
whole thing of fanfare is so huge and the fandoms for films and for politicians is insane and i had a brush with this whole thing in the most funny fashion because i had come down from bombay in december 2016 i started working for uh, a general newspaper in jan 2017 and my first assignment reporting as a general news reporter was covering the jallikattu pro- protests that happened in chennai and for anyone who is not familiar with that it was this large scale protest that took place in chennai and other parts of tamil nadu where you had scores of people taking to the streets and by the streets in chennai i mean occupying the entire stretch of marina beach the entire stretch what is marina beach it's the second longest beach in the world and you had them occupying a large portion of the main promenade of that beach and it was insane i can't tell you like the memories are coming back now because i remember it was scorching heat and i would go at 7 in the morning and would reach home many a days on uh like regular days around 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock sometimes and it's it's hard work all right especially when you're covering those kind of situations like these unprecedented big developments we would go in the morning 7 or 8 o'clock we'd be there for 12 hours at least i had to be on foot the whole time so we would walk from one end right till the other end because there was no transport as such especially during the peak of the protest no no two wheelers or autos or anything were allowed everything was barricaded so you had to walk the entire stretch and there would be no food because all the cartwalas their shops were shut many times there would be no water so i would carry water from home but i drink a lot of water so my water would be over in the first hour and after that here and there you would find someone who's who was selling water and you know some i don't know either aerated drinks or something like that so that would keep you going the biggest problem while reporting is using a bathroom i cannot begin to explain how tough it is for anyone who is reporting on the field to get get access to a bathroom it seems very basic and i know marina beach has you know public toilets but they are so filthy at least during the time of the protest because of the number of people they were disgusting so i never even ventured in because the smell you could get from like a mile away it was like that so i often i mean this is a hack that we generally do which is by we i mean like journalists generally do you plan your meal times in such a way that you go to a place where you can like you know use the restroom also and then come back so many times i would like be hungry much later but i need to go to the bathroom so i would walk from the beach for those of you who are familiar with chennai i would walk from gandhi statue till city center 
ఐ గో టు సిటీ సెంటర్ ఈట్ యూజ్ ద బాత్రూమ్ వాక్ బ్యాక్ ఫ్రమ్ సిటీ సెంటర్ ఆన్ అ లక్కీ డే ఐ వుడ్ గెట్ అన్ ఆటో అండ్ వి అండ్ దాట్ వాజ్ ప్రిడి మచ్ హౌ ఐ మేనేజ్ బికాస్ గెటింగ్ అ బాత్రూమ్ ఈజ్ ద టఫెస్ట్ జాబ్ అండ్ ఓ మై గాడ్ ఇట్స్ it's horrible and then you have all these police people and police women and all my heart went out to them they couldn't even at least for us we can move around a little bit they can't move around they have to stand the whole time but anyway look at where all i'm going my the point of this story was my brush with the politician popularity was when i was sitting with a colleague on one of the ledges that they have near marina beach and this old woman okay this is when the protests were like insane so many people this lady walks up to us old lady and she's like can you tell me which way the amma memorial is now amma memorial for the uninitiated is jailalitha's former chief minister of tamil nadu jailalitha's memorial which is on the beach all right so we're sitting and i said it i pointed you know towards my right and i said it's towards that side and then she said oh i'm walking from chennai and i've uh, walked all the way from uh, sorry walking from chennai i'm saying walking from pondicherry i looked at her and she looked so old all right and in these in in at that age she's doing these tricks of walking from pondicherry and all at any need no need no then is when things got weird because then she looked at me and she was like oh you know you look like amma you have the same like face you you're the same skin color all of that and she's like i feel so blessed i feel like this is god like you know telling me that i've come all the way to see her and i see you and please this is not the end of the story so don't start laughing just yet she then went on to fall at my feet and I hate people touching my feet okay it just gives me like this weird feeling i don't like it because i feel it's just not necessary so i immediately was like please please don't do this i don't want all of this i am not any amma and all please i can't even take care of myself what amma labi but uh, she got up and she was like oh you know i feel like this this is what i my purpose in life was kind of thing and i started flipping my colleague next to me is finding this so amusing she's not even helping me so then finally this lady i think somehow i managed to tell her please you know you go that way amma's there i'm not any amma and all please go that side so she ended up going that way but i came back home and i was thinking this is great yeah and this was just after jayalalitha passed away so so i was like i have a great future in politics so if next time you see me in a green sari with one bindi and sindoor and all that with the v symbol you know i've gotten into politics but jokes apart i do feel like it, when you look at you know how people dress up for politics it's interesting because jailalitha's niece deepa dresses a lot like her she parts her hair the same way she has this like she's made sure she looks like jailalitha all right uh, and if you look at her posters and her campaign and everything the way she has styled herself is very much like her aunt 
and i don't think that's a bad idea at all because now to she is running away with i think 900 crores because the high court has allowed her uh, i mean or rather the high court has recognized her and her uh, brother as legal class 2 legal heirs of jayalalitha's assets so sona chandi only for her now i am thinking i should apply to you know be a maid in the house or uh, something like that i think i would earn quite a bit if i do that maid i don't think i can apply for driver's post because i only drive in my own locality i don't have the guts to drive on the main road so yeah i think maid i can do i can cook and all yeah i think that's not a bad idea Actually why am I settling for being a maid in her house when I can be Jayalalitha herself I just need to dress up like her and kind of uh, yeah look at this I'm only settling for being the maid I just realized this is ridiculous no 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 if I become I am going to be the next chief minister no maid in anybody's house and all although 900 crores is a lot of money I could do with some of that money I think definitely She shouldn't be conjuced to a help. That's the only distinction I'd like to make. But yeah, this was one incident which I will never forget in my life because it was the most bizarre thing to have happened, and the I, the way she just fell at my feet—it's never happened before in my life. And after that, I think everybody in my office also found it very very funny that I was being, uh, you know, called. amma and all of that some started calling me amma also it was really bad but yes that was one and if i think about another story yeah this one is actually something that is often repeated by me at many parties because people just love hearing it for some reason so i'm going to go ahead and share that with you as well i was covering crime briefly in 2017 yeah yeah oh my god this lizard can't shut up or what anyway thank god it's outside i hate lizards i have nightmares about lizards i don't need it inside the house please thank you anyway so like i was saying uh yeah there's this other story which i often have to repeat because everybody loves hearing about it it's um from this time when there was this episode that took place in chennai where this voodoo guy okay and by voodoo guy i mean like some kind of you know strange practitioner of of the dark arts okay <laughs> that sounds very harry potter esque but some practitioner black magic practitioner i think that's a better way to put it he needed a body and by body i mean a physical body of a human being and obviously the place that he can get a body easily is from a crematorium so there was this girl young girl who had committed suicide in chennai and uh she was being buried in one of the crematoriums in chennai i won't mention which one but she was being buried there and one of the things that happened was he was in hand and glove with some of the people who worked in that crematorium who buried the bodies and stuff like that 
he was hand in glove with them so immediately when he told them that he needed a body and not just any body i think he wanted a young girl's body they kind of saw this as an opportunity when the parents came in and placed her body in that pit uh and you know you say your prayers and you put a little bit of mud and then you let those people bury the body and you move on and these people waited till her parents left took this body put it in uh, a van and i don't know why whenever you say these devious things the only picture that comes to mind is an omni van but i'm not sure if it was an omni or not but yes they put her in a van and took her to trichy and there he started practicing whatever black magic he was doing and this was yeah about a month later the neighbors in his apartment they noticed this strange smell and kind of informed the police the police came in and found that he had you know wrapped her body in uh, some kind of sheet and shoved it in the cupboard or something like that and when they pulled it out they found that it had a lot of chili powder and haldi and all over her body and yeah it it's just not a fun story in that sense and they arrested him naturally so when the news came in there was this whole thing that she's from chennai so it has to be reported and i was covering crime at that point so my editor told me to go and speak to her parents now here's the thing it's very tough to speak to any family member in these times okay uh, and by in these times i mean when something horrific like this has happened and i despised doing it because i know that when this sort of thing happens the family just wants to more often than not be left alone and i've covered deaths a couple of times when i was covering crime and it's not fun it's really 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 not fun because yeah especially when the deaths involve children it's very sad like heartbreakingly sad but anyway i'm not going to get into that because that's very very sad story that's a totally different story and a very sad one but i did um, manage to go to the police station and i spoke to the cops there and they gave me her address and basically it was a very broad address i remember my cab could only go up to a certain point and after that i had to walk the rest of the distance and i walked and i asked a couple of people you know do you know where she stays or whatever it was and the thing is i didn't even have a name for this girl because they didn't identify her in any copy as should be but i didn't have a name for her and the cops didn't give me a name so i literally had to ask them you know can you tell me where the family of that girl who committed suicide is and some of them you know kind of directed me towards the house and it was a bit inside and i managed to walk up the stairs and everything in a small house i knocked on the door and this woman came out and the moment i said you know i'm from the media she slammed the door in my face and i was expecting it and i didn't want to knock again and be like please talk to me please talk to me because she slammed the door and that was that so i called my editor and i was like 
you know she's not willing to talk he said it's fine don't worry about it but now i want you to do a story about how easy it is to smuggle a body for a second i didn't know what he was saying so i was like huh what do you mean and then he said yeah visit a couple of uh, these crematoriums and especially the one where she her body got smuggled from and see how easy it is for someone to smuggle a body and i was at a loss for words because i had just come back from mumbai i had been doing you know business journalism where i was going from five star hotel to five star hotel hobnobbing with all the big wigs and suddenly i'm going to crematoriums to find out how easy it is to smuggle a body so i was in that moment i really thought about my life and i was like what am i doing and i'm i told you guys i'm hor- like horribly petrified of horror films and i'm going to a crematoriums but anyway i your editor says you have to do it you have to do it there's no two ways about it so i ended up going first to the crematorium from where they smuggled her body and it was eerie max because you enter and there was someone whose body the priest was chanting and everything so there's that chanting going on and then above you look up and you see this swarm of crows i don't know if it's like a movie thing but i felt like i was in some film because you have these clear skies and you can hear the chanting in the background and these crows just swarming above it was really petrifying and i remember i was expecting a little bit of resistance when i entered because i was in a cab but those watchmen were really like useless i think because they asked me something and i merely just pointed saying ah i'm i'm going in and they didn't ask me any questions nothing and i just pointed that i'm going in and i think they may have assumed i was going for the funeral that was taking place and they just let me in and when i ended up going and speaking to the manager in charge of the uh, crematorium i asked him a couple of questions and he refused to comment as expected and immediately he called those people who were the watchmen at the gate so when i started walking towards the gate i saw this huge group of people who started walking towards me and i started flipping because i said oh my god this is going to be a huge problem but then they came up to me and if there's one thing journalism teaches you it is to just be confident in any situation you may be dying inside but you have to act like what no not at all i am totally in control of the situation so he came up to me the same watchman who let me in and he was like i if i say this in english it may lose its charm but then he looked at me and he was like ena madam solave illa he was like you know you didn't tell me that you're from the media so i was like ena na ninga kekave illa because i said you didn't ask so i didn't tell and then he had nothing to say to that so he was just looking at me blankly and he was like sari ma po po please go please go so i said yeah, yeah i'm going i'm going i went from that crematorium to the next crematorium which was in koturpuram I don't know why I said the, oh god no I don't think it's a big deal I I went to Koturpuram okay I went to the crematorium there and I went there and I saw these kids playing cricket in the crematorium and I started getting scared for them I said aren't you scared of the, the like ghosts and all that they're like no we always play cricket in the crematorium it's so much fun who knows I was just thinking in my head 
what if the fielders are like ghosts or something like that some spirits the fielders are spirits and all of that no wonder they like playing cricket here because like cricket requires a lot of people right there were just two guys uh, who were playing cricket and i am convinced the fielders were ghosts which is why i never went fully inside because uh, i said can you tell me who is there um so they those kids were telling me yeah yeah it's very easy nobody's here it's so easy to smuggle a body you can do anything nobody's here and it was of all the crematoriums i visited this was a little further inside it's quite secluded so i would assume if someone wanted to smuggle a body i don't understand why they would but if they wanted to smuggle a body that's where they could smuggle a body and i just feel like i have incited people to smuggle bodies from one particular crematorium in chennai but i will not be held responsible for this at all but yes this was something i did and i wrote an entire piece about crematoriums and how it's easy to smuggle a body from a crematorium in chennai which it is all right because there are no checks and balances as such not that every other day people smuggle bodies but hey medical students do do that they do smuggle uh, bones because bones are very expensive otherwise yeah that was part of the story i remember now yeah a lot of uh, medical students especially from poor income and low income households do steal bones from crematoriums i don't know why i'm giving you this information but yes that was another very very strange story which i had to cover but yeah memorable one all the same naturally these two stories have taken so much time that i feel i should uh, save the others for another time because too much will seem like i'm burdening you with too much information maybe so i'll keep that for another episode i'm not going anywhere anyway so yeah but i do feel like one thing i can discuss is about event coverage and i'm not a big fan of it uh, because i just am not i never enjoyed it like covering exhibitions and covering um award functions and stuff like that and by award functions these aren't you know film fair or something like that these are regular uh, award functions corporate awards and so on some of them are interesting most of them are not uh and i've covered a lot of them a lot of exhibitions to the point where if you wake me up in my sleep i can narrate what you need to write for an exhibition copy i have it down pat and more often than not at least in chennai the same people organize exhibitions so you'd see the same people quarter after quarter after quarter sometimes like even more frequently and you really lose track of what you can possibly write because it's the same thing the same sarees the same uh, you know blouses the same you know organic uh, skin care or whatever it is you know the brands were different but it was essentially just the same thing being repackaged but yes so i found event coverage quite exhausting but it was a necessary evil we had to fill the pages and so it had to be done it was at least a quick one shot copy as we call it you know something that can be written on the fly i think another thing that really really 
gets to me is when you have like something that comes in as a request and by request i mean something that comes in as a request from marketing which is a totally different division from editorial marketing would often come in with sp- certain special requests uh, of covering certain people or certain places or whatever it is and those were so bad so those requests are very irritating to do because more often than not there's nothing that's particularly uh, interesting about them and yeah it's very boring to do but all the same it's a sponsored thing so it has to be done in a sense revenue is revenue but before i let anyone go for this episode i want to discuss this one thing that i feel very strongly about which is the depiction of journalists lives in indian cinema it never ceases to amuse me because people assume you know i mean i don't know these people who write these films for example have a very different notion of what journalism is from what it actually is you see any film that or film web series whatever it is that depicts the life of a journalist or the surroundings that a journalist finds themselves in it's very very unlikely that it's anything like that for instance there's this show fomo shots please on amazon prime and one of the protagonists is a journalist but she is most unlike any journalist i know because first of all we don't behave like that secondly like it's such a trope idea of what a journalist is like and what their lives are like we do not have lives like that and neither do we have offices or like neither do we look that good all the time if you go out reporting and if you were reporting for the jalika to protest you would not look like that honey you would look like crap it took me i think at least 2 weeks time to somewhat get rid of the sunburn and the tan on my face i was looking like hanuman so none of us look like that and secondly like they never show you the other side of what i said you know like covering these kind of stupid exhibitions or covering silly small small events where you have no you know you half the time you wonder why you're there at all and why you have to cover this at all so it only shows you that one big story you know she's covering she's doing this investigative piece and investigative journalism that's great it's a great romantic notion of journalism and investigative journalism is very important nobody is you know going to contest that or deny that this lizard but yeah anyway so Uh, nobody's going to argue about the importance of that but when you write for a daily the luxury of investigative journalism is quite hard all right it's not something that you get every day because the news cycle is so fast changing and you need to put out stories every day you need to fill the paper every day and investigative journalism takes time effort all of that and you need to be able to take that breathing space for an investigative piece which most journalists don't have the luxury to do unless you're in a setup that kind of promotes that you know which often is like a more a periodical or a magazine or 
even newspapers which have separate teams that focus on investigative journalism so that sort of thing has a like i look at it and i just find it amusing because it's so unlike our lives and secondly if you're a journalist you won't have that much money to be you know splurging on extravagances because uh, you ask me no i'll tell you i every month i have to worry about you know how i'm going to get through the month not since this lockdown because i don't have conveyance and all of that but yeah i don't have to travel anywhere but i'm saying in general we're not like rolling in money or anything like that not at all i wish we're really not and there's also the fact that speaking of unrealistic expectations i have to discuss this other film called dil dhadakne do where you had someone like farhan akhtar as a journalist and oh my god he is my ideal if i found a journalist like farhan akhtar who was single okay first of all finding someone like farhan akhtar is tough then over that he is single that is sone pe suhaga it's not possible it doesn't happen but if i found someone like farhan akhtar walking around my newsroom i would not be single so the fact of the matter is you don't have farhan akhtar's just walking around like that saying those lovely things about feminism and just generally being amazing and awesome it also helps that he sings he looks fabulous he can dance and he's just he's just farhan akhtar i don't need to say anything more we do not have farhan akhtar's walking around in our office like that the only film that i want to mention here which is quite realistic at least the first half is noor the sonakshi sinha film uh, that came out a little while ago it also features kanan gill if that's of some interest to you uh, he's got a really nice role he's very cute in the film it kind of depicts what it's like to be a journalist a young journalist today the frustrations the issues and also the kind of other uh, problems that one faces when you're dealing with journalism there's a scene in the film where she's talking to her boss about a story that has that has been lying on his desk for very long and he says you know go and cover this interview with uh, sunny leone and she has to go and it happens to be her birthday and everything and he says i don't care happy birthday but get to work and that's pretty much our life actually because when you sign up to do journalism i feel like you sign up to do journalism and sign off the rest of your life for the most part because uh work is pretty much every day and our timings are all over the place and you are always on call anyone can you know the worst part about journalism all right which is pretty much a part and parcel is the fear when you wake up it's something that you can't really describe i don't know how to describe it to anyone else from any other profession but it's the fear of a miss and what i mean by that is when you, when there's another paper that carries an exclusive story which is a big story and you don't carry it and it's either from your beat or from your vicinity or whatever it is that you're covering you almost always get a call from the editor saying why did you miss this and that's the worst feeling and i wake up 
every morning with that fear of a miss and it is not a good feeling i think that is something that i genuinely get a little worried about because yeah it's not a good feeling to miss something and it's only natural that there will be times where you miss something and you know you can't be omnipresent and have all your sources everywhere that would be an ideal situation but not always the case so yeah the fear of a miss i think is something that really does get to me at times but yes having said that i think it's been quite a great experience not for any other reason it's amazing when you can meet and talk to so many people and learn from so many people i've had the opportunity to meet people i would never have met otherwise some really inspiring minds and some great work that people do and i get to be the voice that brings it to other people so i think that's quite fabulous so on that happy note i'm going to end what i call my anniversary edition which ideally should have been next week because i think next week will be the yeah will be just before my 5 year anniversary but then i thought this would be a fun episode to just do right now i hope you enjoyed listening to these stories as much as i enjoyed narrating them and reliving them in a sense next week i will be discussing something fun i will be giving you a tiny teaser of what i will be discussing next week right after this segment hopefully you're listening to this on the anchor website or app because if you aren't then you may not be able to hear it but if you're still curious and want to know what will be discussed next week follow me on the what drives you cuckoo page on instagram because i keep posting teasers and fun stuff there so make sure you do that that's a great way to keep yourself abreast with what i'm doing but till then take care and stay cuckoo